So hi, welcome to another episode of Tip Top Tips Edu with myself, uh, Mark Anderson, Head of Education here at NetSupport. I'm really delighted to uh, welcome someone I've been um, getting lots of help and advice with actually uh, on on, um, her area of expertise around speech and language uh, for a little while now. Somebody who's proven to be a real um, both support, um, both to myself and a a great sharer uh, on social media. I'm really delighted to welcome uh, onto the show today. Mika Billings Dopwelsh. Now she's an EDD student in the Instructional Systems Technology Program at Indiana University, but she, her work uh, takes her far beyond uh, her, her studies. Um, and on top of that, as well, uh, she also um, volunteers in their free time as well. Got a lot of experience of working with uh, school principals and uh, working in schools and supporting young people and adults as well. Uh, um, she's a speech and language pathologist specialist, and um, uh, she, she, she manages the pediatric feeding department, evaluates and treats people with speech and language disorders. Uh, massive experience uh, um, in an area which many of us uh, aren't as teachers uh, as skilled in as clearly she is. So I'm really excited to uh, welcome Mika onto Tip Top Tips Edu today uh, to come and share some of her ideas and experience uh, in this important area and to share some of her tip top tips uh, about how we as educators can best support uh, our learners inside the classroom. So uh, with no further ado, let's please welcome Mika on the Tip Top Tips. Edu, welcome Mika. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm doing well. How are you? Yeah, I'm really, really well. Thank you. I've been really excited about uh, getting the chance to have a chat with you and uh, sort of pick your brains a little bit about uh, your, your extensive knowledge and experience in this area. As you know, I've got a personal interest in it on my own stern, uh, my own stern, uh, having my own son having a, a stammer himself. So uh, you've been really helpful in giving me some advice around supporting him and things. So thank you again uh, for all that you've done in, in helping me and my family with that. So I really do appreciate it. But for those who don't know you, I gave you a little introduction yourself. But for those of you who don't know you, could you share a little bit more about yourself and your work, please? All righty. Well, my name is Mika Billings-Dockwell. I am a speech language pathologist. I live in Maryland and the United States. I love my job. I've worked in pre-K to 12 settings with children with a variety of variety of speech language disorders. And I am really passionate about using educational technology to support language comprehension and language expression for those who struggle to express their wants and needs. And I'm looking forward to connecting more and partnering with parents and families in general to increase um, the educational experience for um, or make it more positive, better for children with um, disabilities. Brilliant stuff. That's really great to hear. And uh, I was really surprised, actually, Mika, when you told me recently you, you've not long joined Twitter. Um, and so I want to jump in with the first question, because I mean, my experience of seeing you on Twitter so far is you're, you're, you're welcoming, you share, uh, you help and support other people, you you um, are really positive and, and, and all these different things. So um, 
I was really surprised to learn that you, you, you were new to the platform. But and given this is Tip Top Tips Edu, and, I, and I'm a huge advocate for using social media as an educator for connecting and learning with others and so forth and so on. But could you possibly share, um, uh, as someone who is new to Twitter, uh, how you're finding the experience and, and the, some of the benefits you're finding from it? And maybe some top tips you might have for someone who might be considering joining Twitter. Thank you. I am loving Twitter. I think it's a great place to connect with like-minded people. And um, so I joined this January and I I met you. I met other people who have similar interests. I think that, you know, for someone who is just joining Twitter, use the hashtags you're interested in and find people you can learn from, find people who you're willing to share information with and just connect, be authentic and be willing to share information and create your own um, network. And um, what else can I give? I, that, that's about it. Uh, I, a few months in and I'm enjoying it. Now, I definitely agree with what you're sharing there. So A, using the hashtags is, is, is really important because if you haven't got many followers, the hashtags are a really useful way of connecting with those people who don't know who you are and, again, to see what you're wanting to share about and the questions you might have. But also that thing you're sharing there about sort of finding your tribe, as it were, as well. You know, those people who have similar interests to you that can be supportive and, and, uh, and link into what you're looking for and supporting you with what you're trying to learn about and those sort of things. Uh, great, great tips there. Thank you very much indeed. I'm going to jump now, if it's okay with you, uh, into a question which uh, sort of links more into your um, sort of specialist knowledge area, which is about uh, speech and language. Could, could you share some of the difficulties young people might face inside the classroom? Well, let's see. In the classroom, if a child has language comprehension issues, they might have trouble understanding what the teacher says, understanding different vocabulary, knowing how to follow routines, knowing when to respond, knowing how to formulate, um, how to answer WH questions. So if a teacher reads a story and asks questions, it could be related to inference or simple who, what, when, where, why, and how questions, a child with language comprehension issues may struggle to participate and answer those questions. Or say a child who has oral expression issues or difficulties may have problems completing or creating a grammatically correct sentence to express themselves. They may have trouble with writing and just really getting their ideas out of their heads on paper or out to make a um, cohesive sentence or a logical um, expression. So those are some things we can see in the classroom. And, and one more, there are also social pragmatic difficulties as well. So a child may have trouble taking turns, uh, understanding jokes and uh, connecting with other classmates. And if they have got these issues and not being sort of addressed um, and supported and so forth and so on, I guess that may sort of 
if they can't articulate the issue or recognise it for themselves, particularly with some of our youngest learners, I guess that might, and again, speaking from personal experience, really, but might um, sort of manifest itself in, in other ways, other behaviours you might see from them, perhaps. Is that right? Yeah, correct. And I've seen it as well. At times when it's difficult for a child to verbally express themselves, they might have difficulty or it may come off to teachers that they're having trouble participating or have trouble attending. But the fact is not that they don't want to attend. They're, they're just having trouble um, processing the information or comprehending the information. So if you cannot learn, then it shows out in other ways. Hmm. Uh, that's really interesting and thanks for um sort of explaining a lot again i, I see things with, with uh, my own family but uh yeah, every, every child is different obviously and obviously it, also every child matters and so it's really good to get the validation that my perspective there was was um, um seemed to be correct thank you very much for that um so linking into that you know it's it's difficult sometimes as an educator to know best what to do to actually sort of support those young people in a feeling more included and also the strategies to help them engage in responding to for example the uh, social pragmatic stuff you mentioned or uh, the who what where when sort of questions and what have you have you got any sort of top tips um that, that educators could sort of take on board to sort of help them feel more included and enabled to uh, participate in those sorts of examples yeah sure one of the biggest things i believe in is recruiting parents as partners Parents are a big part of this and parents know their children best. I would start off by talking to the parents and seeing what they are noticing at home, if possible. And also talking to the parents about the things you are experiencing in school, things that you notice the child is struggling with, and also things that you notice the child is, excel is excelling at as well. And um, you want to take those um, while the when the parents become partners, then you can work together to support the child. So if you notice that the child is having um, trouble understanding, you may make a note and remember to repeat things, rephrase things using different words or different ways, maybe slowing down or again, providing multiple repetitions and also giving cues. So if a child, say for example, you're reading a story and um, you ask, where does John live? And the child doesn't understand. Um, you can probably rephrase that and say, where does John go after work? Work? Where does John sleep? What is the name of the place? And then you share that information with the families as well. And what I like to do is after when working with teachers, if they're if we notice that children are struggling with um, speech and language difficulties or say comprehension or they need extra support. I like to put things on cards or strategies and cards and teachers can put that. It all depends on the school and the teacher, I suppose, but putting that on mm. the child's desk so that they remember if they're walking around and working with that child to remember, okay, I need to give two repetitions. I need to rephrase what I'm saying. I need to provide positive verbal feedbacks to build this child's confidence so that they know even though I might have difficulty understanding some things my teacher is saying, I am still special, I can still do it. 
And another strategy is also to remember to empower those students to ask clarifying questions. If they're struggling, let their teacher know. Don't be afraid to raise your hand. And if you don't want to raise your hand, that's okay. Talk to your teacher afterwards or talk to a trusted adult at the school and that person will relay that information to the teacher. That's great advice there. And I think you sort of make it really relevant as well, because it is about context and every child is different. Every classroom is different. Every school is different. Every teacher is different. Um, but there's some really solid strategies that people could take away and, and sort of think about and, and uh, try to uh, embed there. And one of the key takeaways, I think, as well, is that sort of partnership with parents, that triangulation, the relationships we know are key, aren't they, in, in, in everything in life, really. But being able to have that sort of strong wrapper of care around a child supporting them with this uh, and being open and having those conversations, I think is, is uh, one of my sort of key takeaways from what you shared there. So thank you for that, Mika. Um, I know, I know you're a big uh, um, fan of educational technology, a bit like myself. Um, uh, uh, but um, it, it's a, it's a huge minefield technology. Now, if I was, um, you know, trying to, if, if someone asked me a question about some of the things we're talking about here, I, I might go to you know simple tools. We, we talked about Jamboard just before we, we came on on to on, on, on air, for example. Um, but have you got um, any um, uh, tools or techniques or approaches uh, um, with technology, um, either that's in the public domain that people will really know really quickly and easily, um, or, or sort of functionalities uh, within existing software? Uh, I'm thinking perhaps maybe. Um, uh, um, um, with some um, uh, sort of translation tools, for example, or um, uh, subtitling and all, all these sort of things. But so accessibility is such a huge thing. And, and clearly, you know far more about this than I do. So have you got any um, approaches, techniques or tools that you've been uh, that you found to be effective that uh, you could share as tips to the audience, please? Got it. OK. Uh, regarding translations, there is um, a website called Lingui. I'm not sure if I'm saying it correctly, but it's L-I-N-G-U-E-E.com. And it has a section for translation. It's, it's, it's great. I use it a lot when the pandemic started, and I still use it a lot with my families who speak languages other than English. That's one. I also use Kahoot a lot, and I love it. I use it with my clients who are three, four years old, it adds more engagement. And when we read stories, sometimes I make cahoots and they're engaged, they answer questions. And I think that increased engagement increases learning and makes the learning experience better. So those are my, the translation app and Kahoot, that's, those are two of my favorite ones and ones that I use often in my practice. So in terms of approaches, you know, um, resources, you talked about making some of those cards, for example. I guess there are some ways you, you might have sort of used technology to create some of those things in the past as well, or uh, some, some other tools that you might use to help create some of these things to help young people. Yes. Yeah, so um, the, the Cahoots, um, there are some that most of the Cahoots are already there or I can make my own. And there's also Boom Learning. Are you familiar with boomlearning.com? No, no. Yeah, Boom Learning is a great one and um, teachers use it a lot. So you can create homework activities, you can create classroom 
activities for kids and it's also helpful for students with speech language disorders as well as they get multiple opportunities to practice and there are links when a teacher creates boom cards that's what they call them there's a link you can send it to the families and they could do extra practice at home and the teacher is able to keep track of the student's performance at home. And um, it can be done, as I said, in the classroom and also at home. I also use that website as well. And I think it's, uh, it is free, it is free. There are a lot of free resources there and you can create your own materials as well. Oh, we, we like free very much so. <laughs> Are there any um, sort of specific tools, um, that, say <clears throat> things like Kahoot or open source and, and you know, uh, um, really accessible for, uh, for absolutely everybody, but are there any particular tools that you use which are specifically linked to uh, sort of speech and language? Okay. So for articulation, there is an app called Speech Tutor. So Speech Tutor app and it enables you to personalize the, um, the speech experience for kids who struggle to say sounds and words. And so as a teacher and also parents, you can go in and write, not write, assign the sounds you want a child to work on. So if they're struggling with, say, S blends, so S clusters, or words that have the R sounds, you go in, you put the child's name, the age, and it gives them words that they can practice in um, at the word level, at the phrase level, and also the sentence level. And that's an app that is specifically designed for students with speech impairments. There are also um, a few apps that work on expressive language, but not a lot. I think the field, when it comes to educational technology resources or applications for mm -hmm. speech language um, impairments, they are still in the works and there needs to be more research and more apps. And that is something that I'm interested in working on. Brilliant. That's really good. Thank you so much. Um, one tool that I use with a child that I worked with many years ago, they, did, they didn't um, have the ability to use their voice at all. Um, uh, had a condition which precluded them from using their voice at all. Uh, and we used a tool um, uh, um, back then called um, Proloquo to Go. Uh, I don't know if you've come across that tool. Um, it's basically a, a series of sort of things they can touch on their, their, their tablets, which can then say the words out so they can still engage and involve themselves in the classroom that was very 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 expensive at the time do you know of anything similar to that that ch children who, who aren't able to speak can use yes i'm very familiar with prolocutigo and so that falls in the realm of um, assistive technology or aac devices so when talking about aac devices there are multiple um, programs or um, devices that children can use i'm very familiar with lamp um, words for Live, and that allows children with difficulty speaking to create sentences and to express themselves. There's also one called TouchChat, and there's a free version, um, and that one is great as well. So, for example, say a child hits um, I button, it gives a lot of um, verbs to follow, so want or need, and once a child hits that, it gives different categories. So, it may be um, food will pop up as a category or things to play with or places to go. And they're able to voice their opinions and 
again, express their wants and needs. So touch at lamb boards for, for, for life, the Prolo cuticle you mentioned, and um, there is also, I'm, I'm thinking about one more, Nova chat as well. When you're thinking about children who are unable to speak. So those are assistive technology devices. Brilliant. So I'm learning so much. I'm going to have to go back afterwards. Uh, viewers, don't worry. I'll make sure it's all in the show notes so you can access all of these uh, following this uh, great conversation with Mika. Listen, I'm learning so much. Um, before we move on to the next question, are there any other technologies you feel people would be uh, it would be helpful for people to sort of learn about around the areas that you're expert in? Oh, let's see. Um, I'm putting you on the spot here, aren't I? Yes. <laughs> no, I, I'm thinking because I mentioned the ones that I, I use a lot. And again, for those assistive technology devices, I would just do a Google search and look for um, assistive technology devices or AAC, AAC devices for speech and language. And you should see a bunch pop up. And I would say if you're working on trialing some of these with kids, you want to do multiple ones or just do a lot of research and or readings online and download the trial versions and test them out if possible to see what works best and provide lots of opportunities for children to practice. No, absolutely. I'll add a little tip on after that as well. Um, going back to my first main sort of question to you about Twitter. Twitter, I found to be a fantastic place. If you are looking at a particular tool, you know, why not ask Twitter as well? Are there any educators out there or, or um, speech and language specialists who are using it already with some of the people that they're working with? Again, uh, a, a great authentic um, a bit of feedback from somebody already using it in the field is, is worth its weight in gold, I find, don't you? Yes. <laughs> and had I known, I would have brought some right here to show you the devices. Oh, we'll do that next time. We'll do that next time. <laughs> Thank you very much. Look, um, we've talked about things in the classroom setting. We talked about things uh, from a student in the classroom's perspective, uh, from a teacher's perspective. We talked about some of the tools that people can use, um, assistive devices, assistive technologies, so forth and so on. But schools are more than just the classroom, aren't they? Mm -hmm. um, and I know you've got experience of working with um, you know principals and people with re responsibility. Uh, for ensuring inclusion and support within in, in sort of various educational settings. If um, we've got uh, uh, maybe a district leader or a school a principal sort of watching here uh, on, on the um, conversation today, have you got any tips um, um, that you could share to them about how they can um, ensure you know, inclusion and accessibility uh, is, is successfully in place within their setting for supporting learners who might have speech and language difficulties? Mm -hmm. God, I think um, one of the first places to start is surveying parents, finding out the parents who are coming in, finding out about the children's strengths and their areas of needs, and also talking to teachers to see what are they seeing in the classroom. Looking over at the data, are children meeting their benchmarks? What is stopping them? And after doing that, then work with your teachers. If they're speech and language pathologists, you work with them as well as the special education teachers to come up with ways to make those students feel at home in the classroom and feel supported and loved by their teachers and principals and the staff in general. That's where it would start. And I once worked at a school and at an inclusion school 
and all the teachers followed. Um, there is a, a program called Thinking Maps, and it's a way to get children to. Um, it's it's based on eight different um, cognitive strategies or, or cognitive skills. And um, it helps children to put their ideas on paper and to express themselves well. And to make everyone feel included, the school used that from the pre-K setting right up to sixth grade or fifth grade, because it was an elementary school. And I think um, something like that, just showing students that they are supported and um, making sure that you find ways to other ways other than just uh, having them sit and learn from a teacher to comprehend information and express themselves. And uh, one more thing to provide multiple ways for children to express themselves. So as I just mentioned, the assistive technology devices, or if you have a child who is very shy or say um, has selective mutism, doesn't feel like speaking in a classroom, is terrified of speaking in class, then you may provide additional methods for the child to to write or provide them with an individual who will sit with them, who they're comfortable with, who can take mm. what they're saying and um, present in the classroom or provide additional opportunities at home for them to do their work and then bring it to the classroom. Well, even more great advice from you there, Mika. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, I'm mindful of the time as always with these sessions. I, I feel mm -hmm. like I could talk to you and get more advice from you for the rest of the day, but I know you've got other things to be getting on with uh, and, and, and what have you. But um, if people are interested in finding out more, obviously they can follow you. I'll, I'll bring your uh, Twitter handle up across the bottom again there. If you want to follow uh, Mika on Twitter, you can do so there. MBD Opwell there. Um, it's, it's MB Dopwell, isn't it? There you go. I've got it wrong. Yes. Uh, um, so you can follow Mika. Um, like that um, but um, if you want to find out more about you or want to maybe sort of do a bit more research into this area um, uh, um, you mentioned some resources earlier but are there any podcasts or, or YouTubers or, or um, other people that sort of follow that you might recommend on social media that you could recommend for us today all right. Right now, again, as I said earlier, I'm new to uh, new to Twitter, still finding people. You can follow me there on Twitter. And to find out more information about um, speech and language impairments and resources, resources you can look at the um, asha.org. That's the American Speech and Language Hearing Association. Um, a ton of resources there as well. I can't think um, off the top of my head about other people on Twitter related to speech, but a quick Google search, you can find a lot of materials related to speech and language and um, support. But I would start by looking at um, asha.org. So A-S-H-A.org. Brilliant stuff. Well, a great starting point there. Thank you ever so much. And I uh, really appreciate you giving up some time to share with me today on Tip Top Tips Edu. And um, I hope that we are able to connect again further in the future. Thank you very much for your time on the session. And uh, if you're interested in uh, coming on and joining me on Tip Top Tips Edu, then please do reach out. You can follow me on Twitter at ICT Evangelist. Please just reach out and get in touch. Uh, really uh, uh, enjoy having the opportunity to have conversations with like-minded educators about top tips for helping and supporting teachers in education. But for now, that's enough from me, Mark Anderson. Uh, thank you very much again, Mika, for joining me. Really appreciate it. And look forward to you joining us in the future on another episode of Tip Top Tips Edu here 
on YouTube uh, and uh, on if you're listening on the podcast uh, on, uh, on the Netsport Radio podcast as well. Thanks for joining us. Take care, everybody, and see you on the next show. Thank you very much. Bye.